Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account. I'm your host, Rudo, joined by AJ Hayfley and Blaze Hunter. <laughs> Ignore the major problem with this game for one second. And you got the exact response you wanted from the Avs, right? A 4 nothing victory where maybe the first period started a little slow, but certainly the second half of this game was just Avs exactly what you want to see against a weaker team. So, that simple? <laughs> and this is hard, just because like they looked great. I thought they played very well. I thought the Avs came out and did what they were supposed to do. Uh, the defense, they were in layers, which was awesome to see. But it's just the overshadowing of that hit is just, it's bad. Look at AJ, are you <laughs> contemplating what's going on over there? What's what's going on? I'm wondering how all these goddamn bums who work for the fucking Sharks broadcast team keep their jobs. <laughs> because these guys are all a bunch of losers. All of them. I don't know what a Curtis Brown is, but apparently he was in the NHL for a long time. And this guy's a fucking loser. Because these dudes are like, yeah, Nathan McKinnon put himself in a vulnerable position, and he was skating, and it's a fast game, and what's the kid to do? How else is he supposed to hit him? How about not in the fucking head, you goddamn clown? <laughs> There's a whole other body that you're allowed to hit guys in in all these different creative ways, but you can't do it in the head. You can't. You cannot hit people in the head. It is illegal. Intent is irrelevant. Irrelevant. I totally don't think that that kid meant to do it. And it doesn't goddamn matter. You don't get to hit guys in the head. You don't get to do it. <laughs> and when you do, your ass gets kicked out of games. More than one, I, I think there was hope. Yeah, I think there was some intent there. Like, he didn't even look back after he hit him. You know, there, usually, like, when you do a bad hit, you turn around to kind of look at what you've basically created. It's a fine line, right? Like, yeah. I don't think he intended to hit McKinnon in the head, but there certainly wasn't much of a hockey play there. He was just trying to hit McKinnon. Well, no, I mean, especially when you're supposed to lead with your stick, there was no leading with the stick there. <laughs> well, we can look at it. As we do have the replay here, which we can bring up, uh, I don't know. If you haven't tuned out for, for AJ's rant, you're probably still going to want to watch this. And just look at – there's so – you can see the head snap from McKinnon wow. from that angle. There's so much head contact there. Here's the reverse angle. He's tied up with the guy. The, the dude is committed to the hit like a good two strides away from him. McKinnon goes straight down off of the head snap. One more angle here. I mean, that's just all head, right? <laughs> like, Well, that's what they're going for. I mean, yeah. Look, look at – there's the first thing you teach is stick on the ice when you're going in for a hit. Like, you want to – what you're trying to do is separate the player from the puck. That wasn't the objective there. That was, I'm going to take out McKinnon when he's in yeah. a vulnerable spot. Yeah. It, every suspension for a hit in the past five years, the conversation has been the onus is on the hitter to not hit the dude in the head. There's dude, a whole other body. <laughs> dude through his hit people. Like whole body weight into it. it. Is, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to say. His last name is uh, pretty close to what it should be, which is Bitchfield. 
I'm I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan (laughs) of the McKinnon sold it people because it's like, all right, come over. I'll hit you in the head and we'll see what your head does. We'll see if that thing snaps back or if you just take it on the jaw like the tough guy you think you are. Let's do it. Let's figure it out. It's let's work on it. Some physics shit. At the time, it's a two-nothing game. The Avs desperately need a win here to try and get back on track. You think McKinnon's going to go down the tunnel and not return to the game if he sold it? I mean, come <laughs> on. We appreciate the Super Chats, by the way. Thank you very much, everybody. I And obviously the most egregious part is the hit to the head. Egregious part is the hit to the head. But when you look at who did it and who it was on, a rookie who had played five minutes in this game (laughs) halfway through the third period, takes a run at the best player in the Western division. Come on. Everybody knows what this is about, and it's exactly what the NHL is trying to get rid of in hockey. It's just unacceptable on every single level. The dude should get five games minimum. We're talking – we always have this conversation because they always go light. They'll give him two games and say, oh, he he didn't do it on purpose. He has no history of this. How can you have a history of it when you have you played four goddamn games <laughs> at four minutes apiece? <laughs> should you should you get should you get extra punishment because you wasted no time getting into the NHL and smoking one of its its stars? I'm if you're trying if you're serious about legislating this stuff out of the game, you you take it seriously. You give him five games. You make it so that every single time he goes through the neutral zone, he thinks he thinks about it again. He says, how should I hit this guy? Okay, if, I, if there's a chance that I'm going to hit this guy in the head, then I can't do it. Great, that's that's exactly what you want for the game. Instead, it's it's the slap on the wrist nonsense, you know, and they'll be like, well, it was a five-minute penalty, and he got kicked out. So that's like a third of a suspension anyway, right? No, <laughs> Absolutely no. blow it out your ass. It's just sure. ridiculous. Don't let people get hit in the head. Five games for that hit is way too much, but that's the point. Yeah. That's exactly the point. That's the only way you legislate it out of your game. Well, players are going to take it back into their own hands if they don't come down hard on it, and that's what you know they've been wanting them to do, not fighting after hits like that and taking it in. Yeah, yeah go ahead. You're a rookie trying to make your name a name for yourself in the league. If a hit in the head suspends you for five games, you're not doing it because you're not getting back in the lineup if you're out for five games. You're done. Yeah, it's just, yeah, I, I'm tired of having this conversation because AJ and I have had it probably half a dozen times on this podcast. Yeah. And yet we have to keep doing it because these plays keep happening and the NHL keeps going light on the guys. Yeah. I mean, realistically, I'd take one or two games. I'd be, I'd have no issues. I'd be disappointed if it's not two. I, I would be disappointed legitimately. The the NHL almost has no ability to disappoint me anymore. <laughs> so when it's one and we get that email tomorrow, it'll just be like, who's, who's, who's the head of player safety right now? Doesn't he own a company called Make Hockey Hurt Again or something along those lines? Oh, God. I don't know. I'm pretty <laughs> sure he does. So just an FYI. I don't know who. Yeah, I'm not sure who's the head of player safety right now. I couldn't even tell you. 
Yeah, I'm not I'm sure. Gonna, I'm gonna look it up real quick. Let's be honest. The real head of player safety is uh, a wheel. <laughs> it's just a wheel that it, someone the uh, intern walks in and spins. So, you know, is it still Paros? My gosh, is Paros is still it? Really? Senior vice president. A little bit. Yeah. So. The other, the other part of the hit. Since that's this is where we're going with the uh, the whole first segment. Yeah, we're committed now. <laughs> proper response. Nobody, yeah. nobody fought him. Nobody, Go nobody went him. out of their went went out of the way to to try and fight that guy while he was surrounded by like three teammates. No freak out by anybody. They just scored a couple of goals and got out of got out of dodge. Yeah. I would have yeah. liked Padre to do something. I mean, he's got a history of doing it. Were they so? <laughs> I saw I saw a lot of this stuff, right? But like, first of all, it would be it would be it would just be stupid if the abs like picked a fight with a random guy. Yep. Like your your beef is with that guy, and then he just gets kicked out of the game. Yeah. Which is the refs probably doing him a solid. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you you saw Landy and Miko both go like, "What's up, dude?" After he was being escorted off the ice by the ref. Yeah. <laughs> so he was not going to have a good time in the rest of that hockey game to say the least. Yeah. So I I just don't would I would I have liked for somebody to like beat that guy up totally. Like the the answer is yes, let's be honest. The answer is absolutely yes. But you look at the situation, and I'm not. I'm not entirely just watching that replay. I I don't think any of the, the teammates immediately noticed. Yep. It it was right there in the middle of a line change. Everything was really chaotic at the bench, and you could see. I think it was O'Connor was on the ice right there. Was the one that grabbed him and was like, "Yeah, yeah." You know, and because I think he like turned around and was like, "Well, McKinnon's hurt, so I've got to grab this guy now." And it was like, is this is this the right guy? You know, I for me it didn't it wasn't like you know, it wasn't like when Zadorov tried to kill Mark Shifley and everybody in the building knew what went down. Yeah. I just And O'Connor's five eleven on a good day. Yeah, but I mean hasn't had a fight in his life. That dude was a bead pole. Like that guy would have gotten snapped in half at like Catchery, for example, gone, gone after him. Yeah, someone I with just weight and size, maybe. But yeah, I just, um, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I'm, I'm always, I'm always conflicted on how I feel about the retaliatory go beat somebody up in response. Like your beef is with that dude. You want to beat that guy up. Yeah. So the next time these two teams play and he comes back out, you know, sure, fight, drop, have somebody drop the gloves with him. Yeah. I'm fine with that. We see the tweets from Evan here where Landis Gog and Bednar both say Nate is feeling okay, but uh, the reality is, and we say this every time, you never know with concussions. Is it a day-to-day upper body injury? Yeah, it'll be a day-to-day upper body injury, but but like... Tomorrow's also a total off day. We have nothing going on. Um, We probably won't even do a podcast tomorrow. Yeah, so uh, we've got like nothing... So don't don't expect any updates until Friday at morning skate is what I'm saying. Yep. And and but you have no clue with a with the concussion. I I want to stress symptoms might not show up until McKinnon wakes up tomorrow. Like the other side of this is McKinnon is totally fine. Both both ratios of the spectrum are completely possible. 
We have no clue with this injury. Yeah. So, you know, as much as we have maligned the Avs for not giving out injury information with concussions, what can you give? You can just say he's better when he's better, and and that's it. So, Jorts won't be till Saturday, folks. Yeah, Jorts is a Saturday thing. (laughs) I saw someone asking about shots as well. Look, we all... We all have livers and want to live relatively decent lives. So we're going to contain all that to Saturdays. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) As much as I, as much as I love doing dumb stuff on, on the show, we gotta, we gotta keep that to Saturdays. Yeah. And, 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 and accidental hit is irrelevant. You don't get to hit guys in the head. Yep. Doesn't matter. You think people get into car accidents on purpose? No, they're called accidents. It doesn't matter. Your insurance rates still go up. There are prices to pay for the things that you do, for the shit that happens. There are lots of ways to to, to legally hit players in the NHL, and that, that wasn't one of them. them. That yep. just wasn't. If your argument is intent, is intent, it, it's irrelevant. Your argument sucks. Straight up. All right, we can take our first period break. There, sponsored by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. That Nathan McKinnon hit makes you want to drink. Go find yourself a Breck Brew or maybe a Breck Seltzer, something a little bit lighter. Their 15-can sampler pack goes in literally half an hour when we bring one into the DNVR bar upstairs. Everybody at DNVR loves the seltzers, so... They're good, man. Well, with five different flavors, it's like... It's got something for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. You guys, you guys that are like, so get rid of hitting, just get out. Like, go find something else to do. Because if you can't, if you can't listen to the conversation that we're actually having, we're saying you can't hit, you can't hit guys in the head. It's hard. It's it's hard to believe that that's in any way a controversial it, opinion. An NHL player, at least a high level one, is capable of firing a puck into the smallest part of the net that the goaltender isn't covering. You're telling me they go to hit someone and suddenly lose control of their limbs and have to hit someone in the head? No, get out of here. It's insanity. Well, you don't get to hit people in the head. Yeah, it, you're just supposed to be separating the guy from the puck. Anyway, second period of the <laughs> DNVR Avalanche podcast. Let's talk about the game because that was pretty good. Let's talk yeah. about the game. I want to start with the first period. Did you or did you not fall asleep in the first period of this <laughs> hockey game? Because it was not that entertaining. I don't know. I don't know why people were like, I didn't think it was sleepy. I didn't think it was exciting. I thought the abs brought a lot of energy. I just thought it was like the ultimate first period where two teams were just like, <laughs> we'll get to the, we'll get to the good stuff later. It <laughs> felt like a, it felt like the it felt like the first the first period of a game that you normally get between two teams that haven't played each other all year, where they're just totally just feeling it all out. Yeah, it's but these weird teams that played was, each other Monday. That's what, <laughs> what I'm saying. It's this is the fourth time they played, so it was a weird first period for these two teams to have. But it felt like a very feeling it all out kind of period. And then, I, I mean, I thought the Avs were the better team. Uh, they they had good energy. It was just a lack of execution, and that yeah. that really kind of just continued on throughout the entire game. I w- I like that Colorado's energy level really didn't drop. Yeah, yeah, much much more consistent sixty minutes than 
game the game on Monday and and honestly over the last handful of games the Avs have pretty consistently had that one period where they get out outworked I'll say but just didn't happen in this game the first period was probably their worst and it that was at at worst dead even yeah I thought their effort level was there it I mean it looked like you know somebody sent a message today um and they received it so I just think the game was played on, like AJ was saying, it's a lot of it was on the outsides. No one was willing to give up any kind of like big chances to go for a crazy goal or anything like that. I mean, uh, credit to the Evs defense. The Sharks shot chart was hideous. <laughs> they had like three opportunities inside the home plate area total. So, yeah, was was not good for them. <laughs> uh Moving into the second period, uh, let's be honest. Even with the McKinnon leaving midway through the third period, the top line was exactly what they weren't in the game on Monday. They pretty much put their stamp on this hockey game and said, Avs win. Well, we were getting, I mean, they were getting crushed two nights ago. Even when they were up 2 nothing, like, they were getting crushed. Rush. <laughs> yeah. They, Every they, single shift. It was their we, worst possession game in probably like a year. It's we we never see games like that from the top line. Usually a bad top line game is those guys breaking even. Yep. But they got I mean they got blown out on Monday. And this game they were doing significantly better before the McKinnon injury. I mean they were they were triple shot attempts. So, you know, that's how you respond. We talked about, look, two nights ago, it was a lot of, like, Ryan Graves and Connor Timmons and, like, a lot of this, like, depth player hate. The, ed- the edge pieces. Yeah, sure. and it was and it was like, look, when you lose like that, it starts at the top. Yep. Yeah. It definitely went all the way down. Like, two nights ago was a team loss. And I'm tired of saying that because every time I do – Somebody's like, well, why why won't you criticize this guy? And it's like, it was a team loss. Everybody was bad. And then tonight was just the opposite. All the lines were working. All the defenders seemed to be doing, they were at least, like, survivable, right? Like, Dan Renouf was totally passable in this game. I thought he looked pretty good out there. When the refs aren't calling interference, take advantage. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> I thought he did a good job. I mean, he, he didn't play very many minutes, but the minutes that he was out there, he kept – I mean, he wasn't an offensive spark whatsoever, but he played good D, kept guys to the outside. He did do a little bit of interference, but that's all right, as long as you don't get called for it. <laughs> yep. Uh, possession metrics, great throughout the lineup. I've only had three players below 50% Corsi. That top way, way, yeah. way, way bad. Being one of them, but if you get to play Dan Renouf and he's not on the ice for a goal against, you take that every single time. Like yeah. it, does, it does not matter. And then, as you said, the top line leading the way, all three of them over seventy percent Corsi, just yeah. completely took this game over in the second and, and third periods. Well, and and like, were you when you look at San Jose, you look their their strength is still in those their very tip top forwards, their top yep. six. They've got a legit top six. Like it's yep. a good, it's 
it's a grip of good players. Yeah. But they like like for Colorado's top line to eat the way that they did. Like went out there and just really just shelled San Jose when they were on the ice. And then for your second line to break even, and then your fourth line to break even, and then your third line does okay. Like not gonna hurt you. Yeah. And right around the break-even mark. Like you're okay with that. You're not in love with it. Because you'd love for some of your lines to be winning this mat their matchups a little bit. But they were doing okay where they were able to get away with some shifts with depth guys against higher lines again with San, of San Jose instead of just hard matching like three on three, four on four, one on one, two on two. You know, it wasn't like that. They were they were able to get away with some shifts. And I think that's that's when Colorado when Colorado is really rolling at the top and it trickles down like that. I think that's when they're close to their best. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. We have a super chat here from uh, S. Bang. Is Kadri cursed? Look, I get the goal scoring. Goal scoring isn't there right now for Kadri, but he had two assists tonight. He picked up two points. He's got 15 points in 20 games. That's a 42-point pace on a 56-game season. If you extrapolate that to an 82-game season, that's a 60-point guy. You take that all day and night from your second center. And he's a gamer. I mean, he scores those big goals, right? Those aren't going to happen all the time, but when the games are close, he comes in clutch a lot of those times. Yeah, I mean, he's he scored a, a bunch of big goals for them. Yeah. And, you know, he's he's the guy that brings an edge with him on, you know, every shift. Like, Kadri, Kadri's had some issues this year, especially defensively, and the consistency is, like... All yeah. over the map, for sure. It has not been there for a guy that has been in the league as long as he has. You don't expect him to to ride the the wave quite the way that he does, but he's just fine. Yeah, I thought he's the, been all over the, the net, right? He, he the problems the problems people have had with him have been that he's not elite. It's and not that's why an he's appreciation, a two C, <laughs> right? It's not an appreciation for what he actually is. It's it's more of a frustration that he's not. Even better, you know, that he, instead of being a 50-goal guy that beats goalies all the time, there are nights where, you know, just look at two nights ago, he had seven shots on goal and just couldn't beat Martin Jones. They don't have a night like that. He's got a little But he had seven shots on goal. Like, (laughs) the guy, the guy. He's the guy that frustrates you because he's so close to being so unbelievably good, right? Right. Like, you remember when remember when Matt Nieto was here and we used to talk about, like, this guy does so many things really well. If he could just score a little bit more, if he had a little bit more finishing ability, he'd be a really good, like, middle six type of guy. And Kadri is kind of the same way, but if he was, if he, if he was just a little bit better... Just a little he'd bit more be, consistent. Yeah, yeah, he'd be a he'd be a, a top center. Okay, he flourishes as a two C. He was in the loose organization. He was the three C at the end. Yeah, at the very end. end. Yeah. yeah, he was yeah, the one C out for, his He was he was their one C for a while, uh, yeah. and then Matthews and 
JT show up, and obviously you just get shoved down. Like, yeah, because those are those are two hard one seeds in the league. Yeah. Like, you, yeah, nothing you can do about that. Vaguely sober, all I can say to that super chat is stay tuned. We have Evan Rowell in the back coming on the show to probably tell us how mad the abs are about existence. So let's bring Evan on here. Uh, I think you're going to be disappointed after that. (laughs) (laughs) They're not super mad because McKinnon seems fine from what they're seeing. But yeah, I mean. Nobody really wanted to talk about the hit too much. They just, you know, talked about how they responded, went out and scored a goal, were happy with how that happened. But I think there was more relief from all of them that they were like, hey, Nate seems to be fine. I th- Bender said they got lucky. So, yeah, I don't know. I think everyone was more excited to talk about the team effort and just locking things down. And they had this big team meeting this morning that, you know, they everything, you know, that they showed tonight just came to fruition. Maybe a good moment to bring up our DraftKings king of the game, Miko Rantanen. He put his team on the back, though, with four points, two goals, two assists, a plus three as well. I see AJ giggling. How he yeah, run it? Sounds that so funny for some reason. He's over here giggling. <laughs> Greg Jennings, all right? Shout out to my man Gumby. If you know, you know. All right? <laughs> Miko obviously was the big moose tonight. A- AJ, I think two weeks ago, maybe you put it well. There's no middle ground with Rantanen, right? He's either the $9 million player or he's a $2 million player. Somebody somebody tweeted that at me, so credit goes to right. them. And I was, like, <laughs> yep. I was like, this is the best description of Miko Rantanen <laughs> I've ever heard. Tonight he was yeah. a nine, $9 million guy. Well, it's, it's in game, too. Yeah. Well, I think that's what Blaze was just going to say. The first period, he was bad. Yeah. And then he became a $9 million player. And that's, that's a, what he yeah, could that's, do. That's exactly what I was going to say. That first period, I was like, ooh, he's sleepy. He doesn't look like the same Miko. The back check was nice. Well, yeah. he turned it over. So he yeah. had to get back. <laughs> <laughs> See, is that the only reason he got back that way? Is because it was on him. He didn't want to go through that film session tomorrow? No. <laughs> <laughs> he did not. But yeah, I, I think in the second period, I, I wanted it might have even been his goal shift. He got physical and nasty in the corner. And I was like, ooh, this is the Miko that we all want to see that we just don't see all the time. Yeah, start laying that big body. The big, big moose. Yeah. And I know Miko was, was the star tonight, but quietly Gabe Landeskog also picking up a four point night. Yeah. I mean, it had been really quiet, and then is this three games in a row now with a goal? Yep, this mm-hmm. was game number three in a row with a goal. And Making that bread. in the same spot, essentially. Mm-hmm. All right, right in front of Yeah, which was why before uh, before they scored that goal, before Biko scored his goal, there was there was a sequence where Landis Cog ended up like two feet inside the blue line with the puck, and he looked like he was going to shoot, and I was like, has he ever scored a goal against a goaltender <laughs> from there? I could totally see him scoring an empty netter from there, but has he ever scored a goal from there? Because it feels like even when he shoots, it's all within the faceoff circles and in. Well, they are you talking about this play, the play where they run the McKinnon play with Landeskog? 
yeah up high the, the like yeah. weakest wrister ever from yeah, outside the circle yeah. that's when i started thinking about it like has has he ever scored <laughs> one of these types of goals just like gotten lucky just throwing a puck at the net and just goes in or whatever maybe back in his younger years he would occasionally try that big clap bomb from outside but yeah we just don't ever i don't know you just, you just don't ever see that yeah he doesn't, so, he doesn't wind up anymore I, it, there's just no room for that on the team anymore, right? His role on that on that line is very yeah. clearly just go go to the net, dude. Just yeah. <laughs> like find a find a line where they ask him to do that because even on the third line, they're like, don't do that. <laughs> Second line, okay. Well, Kadri and Burakovsky are the shooters there. Third line, in theory, Comfer is the shooter, I guess. <laughs> like it, he was very transparent in the post game. He's like, you know, sometimes stats can be misleading i didn't have points there for a while but the reality is i didn't like my game so i'm happy that i'm kind of figuring things out here so it's he's usually very open with the media uh so i you know the fact that he said that you know obviously he understands that he hasn't been at his best this year and that he could he has a lot more to give and i mean like before the stretch of game started he had like it was like it was, ten it was points. Like, yeah, it was like three goals and seven assists or something like that. Yep. And we were just like, like it's okay, but you're expecting more from this guy. And then you know now now when you have a four point night, obviously like it, your overall numbers start to look a lot better on the season. But even then, like you have a four point night, it usually just makes up for two nights where you played really well but didn't get one. You know, and and I think that. With Landy, I, I haven't had uh, – it's been imperfect, and the points have covered some of that up. But you look at most of his process, and he's – I'm. I'm I, I would be nitpicking at that point. The, we talk a lot about process on this show, but of the players in the top six, it's hard to, it's hard to pick against Landy with process. He's probably one of the more consistent guys. Yeah, and that's one of the things that you pay for with Landeskog is the consistency. We're just talking about Kadri and how he's all over the damn place. Yep. One of the things that you pay for with Landy, and we've we we did a whole deep dive on him a couple weeks ago when people were like, the yeah, Av shouldn't pay him. And then he immediately went four <laughs> games without scoring any points. <laughs> and people were like, I told you we shouldn't pay him. And now it's like six points in three games. What bitch? And then, you know. Like this, it just goes back and forth. But point being, like the game-to-game consistency of his all-around game is one of his most valuable traits. The fact that he's a twenty-five goal, thirty-five assist baseline kind of guy, like that's a great place to work from. As long as he hits those benchmarks or comes close to it, he's living up to expectations, even on that top line, because he does so many other things for your club. He does that he does well, and he does. You know, all of the intangible stuff, which is always hard to calculate all. You know, it's hard to factor all that in there. Yeah. He's a skilled grind player. Skilled That's, grinder. Yep. That's how I'd put it. Average Joe's favorite type of player. We can take our second period break there. If you want to see some skilled grinders by trade, UFC 259 this weekend. Earn yourself 100 bucks for $1. Easier than GME stocks. All you have to do is bet on a fighter in the main event to throw and land a single punch. One. 
one punch. That's all. And you get yourself a hundred bucks out of a dollar. The easiest hundred dollars you'll ever make with DraftKings Sportsbook. They have amazing odds boost for other sporting events as well. If UFC is not your thing, jump on it. Get your money in there. Sign up with code DNVR with a new account to get this limited time only offer. They're 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 awesome. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. You should have bet on Miko shots tonight because he dunked on that over all day. Blaze was on it. Blaze was on it for sure. Yep. I, my, my bets didn't hit, but I blame Blickfeld for that because I had McKinnon two points, and he would have got two points if it wasn't for his head getting knocked off. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going to send the bill. Send the bill to the Sharks for that one. DraftKings Sportsbook, the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app. Download it today to turn that $1 into $100. Again, one punch is all it takes out here. Limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. Hey, all right. All right. Look, I'm about to roll out in Daisy Dukes on Saturday. So whatever Manscaped grinder references you need, save them for that. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. The man we have not talked about yet. Blaze, I think you you, you were the highest level of hockey player here. Or is that Evan? Which one of no you played higher level hockey? I don't know. <laughs> All right. Oh, doesn't wow. matter. Ultimately, it doesn't matter. <laughs> really, really want to show your pride on your hockey skills here. Yeah, no. how, how hard can each of you shoot a puck? Oh, I actually know this. How how hard? It's like ninety five. Okay, Evan, do you know? I I literally never worked on my shot. I was <laughs> the worst. I always worked on passing, stick handling. I right. never worked on my shot. So we had a. We had a police radar gun behind the net. <laughs> ignore, <laughs> ignore the last two games. It just erase the last two games from your memory for 30 seconds. Rank the shots. Blaze, Evan, Sam Gerard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with the pro hockey player there. Yeah. You, then me, just because of my size. Take that, Evan. <laughs> by, not by not by accuracy, not by my practice. I'm just talking about strength. <laughs> yeah. do, you think, do you think Sam Gerard can shoot a puck 95 miles an hour? He doesn't. <laughs> I think he probably could, though. Well, maybe he's he's kind of. I don't know how much flex he can get in his stick. He's using Especially that, with uh, the short stick that he uses. Yeah, I don't think that, that, that stick is tiny. The children 35 flex down there. He's, he's firing them off at like 80, okay? Like, <laughs> come on. So, and yet, two goals in his last two games. And this one was a clap bomb from the point, which I I guess he did it in, in game 82 against the Blues, right? That's the last time he actually, he actually scored a slapper. Uh, he had a couple last year. Yeah, he's had a couple. Really? Um, yeah, he's had a couple, man. And right. they're just—I mean, obviously, like he had twelve career goals coming into this year. They're not—they're not like falling out of the friggin' sky or anything. Like, but it—you know, this might realistically, this could be the last one of those he scores this year. I—I I think 
Wouldn't <laughs> surprise anyone. If it is. The goal that he scored two games ago is way more of a yeah, Sam Gerard goal where sure. he steps in, it's a nice little wrist shot, and he picks a corner. You know, he, it's that's that's a lot more of what you expect. I mean, hell, that's that's what you expect from Kale McCarr. It's not like Kale McCarr's back there bombing away either. True. So Graves does. He had one tonight that was pretty hard clapper. Yeah, was- it, it happened, and I and I I got on Discord and I said someday he'll beat a goaltender. Yeah, that's, that's all Graves does. Like, he gets the puck yeah. and he's just like, I'm 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 whipping this bad boy at the net. You know, he had a shot pass tonight where I was like, it's clicking. <laughs> I was like, it's it's finally it's coming back where he doesn't have to shoot everything. You talk about throw- the shot pass to literally no one, though? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody near it. It went out of the zone, I think. It didn't work, but like, I'll take, I'll take, I'll take him trying something over sure. like, oh, geez, another, another quick glove and another whistle where you're just like, cool. Glad we went through that. <laughs> Does uh, Logan O'Connor shoot, AJ? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I have no. I. Is there something behind this question? I have no idea where this is coming from. It's so random. Yeah. So, I, I, we could finish that topic if you guys have to say. But no, I, Sam Jarrett's probably bummed they're not going back to San Jose until what? Freaking May. He seems to love playing there. Well, I I think the story continues here, and maybe not quite as in tandem, as in sync, but where does the Avs' offense come from, if not the top line in this game? Sam Gerrard gets a goal, and Devontae's gets essentially two tertiary assists that he doesn't get the point for, but yeah. on the Avs' first goal, a great pinch to keep the play alive and get the puck in, which eventually comes around to the rant and one, and then a pinch in to eventually create a face-off in the offensive zone that creates the Avs' second goal. I wrote about this in my piece already. I already had that takeaway done where it was like, Devontae's is dope. He's a gift from the heavens, is what I said. <laughs> Social media. And then so I got... Good. And then I got... You know, I got to bonk the horny police that came on to my mentions after that, but, you know, he's, uh... Bonk the horny police? <laughs> yeah. I gotta send out the horny police bonk. there. Go to horny jail. Come on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I saw you confused about my deep fried meme today, AJ. You got to keep up with the kids. <laughs> Yeah, it so... got a little weird, but... And he is just, like, two second rounders. That's all this costs. This is ridiculous. So Evan, Evan, one year, like a few years back when we were playing the Sharks, the Abs were playing the Sharks. I used to cover hockey on D line, and Eric did the basketball side of it. And before the game, I tweeted out a recipe for shark fin soup as a joke, like you know, knowing that we're going in the Abs, like there's context around it. And then all these animal activists jumped all over D line, like trying to get us shut down. And that's when Eric's like, "Yeah, I think you need to." Get out and get your own Twitter handle here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, see, thank you, chat. Look it. They know. All the bonks. Radic bonk. (laughs) (laughs) The only only bonk I'm familiar with comes from the Untitled Goose Game. I don't know that one. But with the honk, you get the bonk. (laughs) (laughs) But Taves is awesome. And 
I was stunned that they had him out there on the penalty kill with five minutes left when he could have easily just taken a shot off the ankle or something like that. I was when it's four nothing, I was ready for them to just be like, you know what, just don't play these guys. You're on team bubble wrap at this point. Yeah. There's no reason for these guys to be on the ice. Like that's this is the perfect time for Timmons to just get out there and play. Like It was also why it was like don't make don't make anything of Nathan McKinnon not coming back. Yeah. As soon as they scored like three seconds into yeah. that power play, Landy like, immediately scored, back. and it's like, all right, McKinnon's done for the night. Don't need that update from, from yeah. the Twitter first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other side of this, the, they did continue to play their high-end players and converted the shutout for Philip Grubauer. I, I, I said it the other night. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah. I said it right before he gave up five goals. Philip Grubauer is a Stanley Cup caliber goaltender, and I won't hear otherwise. Today was a good response. He didn't have to do anything spectacular, but there were no there were no mishaps. Mm-hmm. Just get in front of the puck, do your thing. You could tell early on in this game that it was going to be a Martin Jones game because that puck was just careening off him at crazy angles. Uh, where I was like, this guy, this guy's like the first save guy, right? This is this is this is what it's like watching Hunter Miska for the other team. Like shot. he will get in front of the first one, but after that, it all bets are well, off. Yeah, even that, like a shot directly into his glove, pops out, skitters to the corner, and it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> this is fine. Yeah, Rantanen's goal in the third, right after uh, that McKinnon hit, was kind of funny too. It looked like he just kind of like just lazily. Skated up there and put the puck in the back. That was not a good wraparound. That (laughs) that puck went off of Jones. (laughs) (laughs) The the reaction was great too because they were just like scored. Yeah, great. Are we done? No, but with the shutout, you know, I because I mentioned it the the back check by Sod with seven seconds left. Like you don't like it doesn't have to happen, but that's the type of stuff like that you have to do to win games. And I asked. Bednar about after the game, and he's like, I love it. I love that stuff. <laughs> he got all into it. but Because he, he basically said, this is what we talked about this morning. We need to redeem ourselves for Grooby because we hung him out to dry the other night. Yeah, And the fact that we did that for 60, sec- 60, 60, seconds, 60 minutes you know, shows that the players actually listened to me this morning. And when Saad got to the bench, you know, everyone's yelling and cheering for him. He's got a big smile on his face, and that's the type of, you know, the stuff that you know, this guy's won three cups. It's probably what the coach wants to see and show to the rest of the players on the team. Yeah. About to send Bednar to coach's horny jail by the side. Yeah, I was, was going to say, that play is coach porn. Like, that is what they want to see. Seven seconds to go in a game, you're just like, you're like, oh, that is everything that you preach as a coach. Yeah. <laughs> you guys get the day off tomorrow. <laughs> Seven seconds to go, guys. Back checking in a four nothing game. Oh, dude, there is. I will refrain from continuing my sentence. <laughs> I will say, in the first half of the game, did feel like you can call it making your own luck or whatever you will, but it did feel like the Avs got a few bounces going their way. Sharks hit a couple of posts in this game. Ryan Graves deflected one off of his hip into the crossbar. It was crazy. Uh, but uh, things it, it felt like things were falling into place a little bit. Pete, after how many own goals have they scored in oh the last five games? Yeah. <laughs> like, 
just to see them, like, how good defensively they are and what the results can look like when they aren't scoring on themselves, let alone, like, the other team's involvement here. But no no own goals tonight. Like, it's a lot easier to win games when you score four, like, legit four into the other team's net, and then also don't put it into your own net. I thought, I mean, just one observation that I saw with the Avs power play tonight was it looks like the Sharks figured out what to do. They were driving them into that like lower right-hand corner and then they were just getting into the passing lanes and then collapsing on the puck. And they did that and they, they killed the power play pretty well, I thought. Their first, the car's first power play was just a shooting gallery. They didn't have, yeah. they, didn't have they didn't have any issues. They didn't, they didn't have shit figured out on that one. No, but, but in that, that second, second one, yeah, it wasn't good. <laughs> that second one, I was like, this is just not great. Yeah, it. Uh, I mean, that game really didn't have any feel for me in the first period. So I was just kind of like, oh, okay, well, I hope someone figures this out. But yeah, it's all they needed was once they got the the goal. It, it you could tell the ass had some. So Mojo going because I think Kadri came out the next shift and it was going between the legs and everything. So sometimes mm-hmm. all this team needs is a goal, and when it's the top line that does it at even strength, then that kind of leads the way for the rest of the team. Want... The Go fact ahead. that Miko got the goal, I think it was a little bit of a reminder that to, to the top line that they were like, "Oh right, we can do this." <laughs> I liked I, what I what I liked about that goal, like the finish is obviously like Miko just with a laser, right? But it, there's nothing spectacular about it. It's a it's a defenseman pitching in, pinching in, just cycling the puck, and then they just move the puck to each other. Okay, open guy, open guy, open guy, and shoot. The, the and it was like present complaint of too cuteness from them this you're year, right? Like it didn't. It 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 was not. It it wasn't it wasn't pretty. It wasn't super flashy. It's not a highlight reel goal. It's not memorable. Five years from now, none of us will remember tonight even happened. Like, it just won't be a thing, right? Like, there was nothing special about it. It was the exact kind of grindy, work it out, like, just put in the work, put in, give an honest effort on offense, do the right things, and your talent will reward you. That when that line is really rocking and rolling, that's what they're so good at. When they put in all of the work, all of the little details, and they're going, they're going to the net. And they're they're behind the net and they're cycling pucks and they're just when when they're when they're working hard and they're letting the talent take over, that's why they're one of the best lines in the NHL. And recently, we talked about it after last game. It wasn't an honest effort. It was way too lazy. It I'm, was it was way too lackadaisical and we're just here to score goals and we're not gonna put in the work. And when they got off of that and they, they got back into it tonight. Look at what happened. They were just successful. I think you mentioned it even in the first period with McKinnon, where sometimes he takes the lazy out instead of being one of the best players in the league and making the other teams defend him. Yeah. He'll just say, ah, I'll make the simple play. I'll make not even making the simple play. I'll make the play that is just ineffective. So it right after they scored that goal. Then they had the mojo going, and they almost scored a ridiculous goal with 
Miko hits Landy in the neutral zone, who just chips it over to Mac for a breakaway. And it's just like, okay, maybe they remembered that they can do that too. Because yeah. it has been a while since they've had, you know, a, sh- some, a game like that where they score these highlight reel goals. They just haven't been able to do it. And we know they're capable of doing it, but yeah, well, it's been a little bit off. That six-two win in Arizona. What was it? It was it was all the depth guys getting all of their all of their goals going. So it had been a while since the top line had had like one of those nights where they just drive a team into the ground on their own, and then the, none of the other none of the Colorado's other lines like okay they didn't score, but you look at it, you're not upset about that. They didn't play poorly. They all created. They all did something. Tyson Jost had a moment in the first period where I had to go back and be like, we sure that was Tyson Jost? Because <laughs> it was just such a snappy little wrister on net that came out of nowhere. And he usually skates the puck into nothingness and loses it and then has to go do something great defensively. Instead, yeah. it was just, okay, I'll take that. Se- second line didn't score, but I liked a lot of what they did tonight. They were, Dude, they, had a, they had a lot of good chances yeah. and they're all kind of within five feet of the net. That they had some chances. He Burke Burkowski didn't get a point tonight, but he's back. Like he's doing the things that make him a successful hockey player. Yeah. And watching him just fly down the wing and be like, "Well, I've got it open. I'm going to shoot it." It's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> there we go. Now that's that's a guy with a little bit of confidence that feels better about his own game. Him having four shots on goal every night. Give me that every night. You know, he was mentioned randomly earlier, but I did love Logan O'Connor tonight. I thought he was awesome. Um, and, really? yeah, I loved a lot of what he did. He was on the puck a lot. Uh, he was moving. Yeah. Well, he's mixed it up. He, he needs to be moving. Guys. If he's not moving, then he shouldn't be in the lineup. Um, <laughs> Got a piece of EK's mind. Uh, and then beyond that, the only thing I'll say that, you know, negative is that I, I – now we all see why Mishushkin scored zero goals that one year. Like he is just nothing's happening when the pucks hits his stick right now. Well, and like you think about the two goals that he scored, one of them goes off his skate on a breakaway that he botched, <laughs> and the other one was just like a five hole right off a face off, just a quick yep. hole snap for him. Yeah. <sighs> I know everyone loves McDonald. He scares the bejesus out of McDonald me. McDonald is. Completely unsustainable existence in the NHL. <laughs> it just that thing is a bomb waiting to explode. You look at his underlying metrics, and you're like, "What in the flying hell is this? These are incredible numbers." But He's then like, you watch him play, and you're just like, "Dude, you are the most stress-inducing <laughs> defenseman the Abs have had." Even He's not like. A He's a fifth line forward. <laughs> I, I was more comfortable watching Tyson Berry than I was when I am watching Jacob McDonald. And like maybe that's because I was comfortable with what Tyson Berry could and couldn't do. And I was just used to it at that point after years of conditioning. But watching Jacob McDonald like is it is legit bad for my blood pressure. It's crazy for me to say, but when you put Tyson Berry next to Jacob McDonald, it feels like Tyson Berry knew how to pick his spots. Like <laughs> Oh, there was one play in the third period where the all four of the Avs players were in deep, and McDonald came off the bench, and he just yeah. like yolo the puck was bouncing along the ball boards, and he got lucky and got it. Otherwise, it would have been a two on zero the other way. And it's just like holy moly, because in the defensive zone, he has got to be impossible to play with because he is just all over the place, Dude, all over the. I I would if I was 
no player no player has ever made me desire puck tracking or like and player tracking more than Jacob McDonald <laughs> to just isolate him and just watch him. The heat map is, is just, just empty in the defensive zone. <laughs> he just like he just like writes his signature on the ice every time he's out there. He is the all skated. over the place. Like it's fun to watch and it's and like when Kale McCarr and Bowen Byram come back, like he probably stays in the lineup. Does he? Who know? Like who knows? Right? Like whatever. But when when the when the bubble bursts, all of us on this show are gonna be like, <laughs> there it is. Like no one will be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. No. There, there's no. There is no structure to that game at all. It is all over the place, and that is. One, that's a big – you could see why he's so good in the AHL. But, it, two, like, dude, this is – it's working for him right now, but it is – Yeah, he – If they – took if a, they, oh, Go ahead. I was just going to say, he took a penalty a second after he turned it over, and then I don't know what – why they didn't call him on a penalty in the third period. They called Donskoy when McDonald just tackled the dude after he turned the puck over, but – Just yeah. like – like bear hugged him and was like, "Okay, <laughs> like, are you sacking a quarterback right now?" Like, the refing was really weird tonight. I don't even want to say it was bad because I felt like it was relatively consistent. But they just the things they decided to call and the things they decided to not call was just totally random. Like, oh yeah, the 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 officiating. I mean, it felt it felt all over the place. The 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 slash that that was the first penalty of the game. Yeah, like, that one was like, out there. I mean, like, come the on, this is so soft. They blew the yeah. whistle when the ass had the puck too. It's like, what happened? <laughs> the Sharks broadcast was like, all right, the Sharks go into power play. Nope. Dude, so just a quick a quick note about the Sharks broadcast, but their their intermission. Uh, where they talk to the in, in arena announcers, and the camera is like super high. <laughs> I don't. I just. I. I feel like I need to see the setup to understand what is going on, because it looks like they are broadcasting from a security camera. <laughs> it's the angle is so severe because they're both of them are like sitting in the chairs and they're like, they have to talking like this the whole time, and it's just like it's just a full theme for that rink because the freaking yeah. cameras for the gamer on the moon too you know how many barracuda games i've watched from strictly that ultra high cam like (laughs) yeah i just like the you would think that there would be room for some level of a professional camera in the booth for them to do their their interview before the start of the period and it's just it's so extreme that's like right down on it where i'm just like is this, a, is this security camera footage? Like, so the abs have Rycroft, whose hair, I don't even know what's going on with that dude, right he's now. He's trying to do the ally of Frady. Okay. He's, I don't know why you're trying. He's trying. But then the Sharks have Curtis Brown, who looks like when Ron Burgundy goes off the <laughs> goes off the edge in Anchorman 1, and he's <laughs> drinking the milk. He's got the long hair and the huge beard. It's like, all right, well. I it's went hard. off on Curtis Brown to start the show. Benny, I, called yeah. him, I called him a loser. <laughs> that was rude of me. I hope he doesn't watch that. Yeah. I was in the moment. I did enjoy the Sharks broadcast, though, just in general. And, until they talked about the McKinnon hit. I don't. But... I don't listen. To, I don't really listen to much of the audio during the game. But yeah, I. 
yeah, I'd rather not talk about the other one. <laughs> I only, I only, uh, I only turned the Sharks broadcast audio on because I, again, I watched game on mute, but I watched. Uh, I turned it on for their post game when they were showing the McKinnon hit out of curiosity to see what they were saying. It was just, yeah, their takes on the hit were interesting. <laughs> yeah, it was all McKinnon's fault. What is, what is the kid to do? It's like, okay, of course. Whatever. His name is La Tornade. He doesn't need a pirate nickname. We're done here. Yeah. <laughs> He's been La Tornade since juniors. Yeah. <laughs> like and it's it still fits. Like what are you what are we talking about here? I know. Even the Sharks announcer said he is the best defenseman that no one ever talks about. Because they see him score ridiculous goals on him all the time. <laughs> <laughs> to be the Sharks. Uh Let's move into our final thoughts here. Blaze, any any other takeaways from this game for you? Any anything specific you want to call out? Uh not too much. Just that, you know, the abs always bounce back. It's awesome to see from them. That's a good sign. Um if we get into a series with any of the teams in the West, it feels like they're gonna, you know, they're gonna they're gonna win that series. It, his nickname's La Tornade, though. It it doesn't matter that it's feminine. Uh but to Blaze's point. Once. Avs have lost two games in a row once this year. We're 20 games in now. That's it wasn't even, wasn't even a series. It was yep, Vegas it was, and Minnesota. Exactly. So, it they haven't gone on a winning streak, but they haven't gone on a losing streak either. So I'll, Everything I'll was take... bad two nights ago, man. Everything yep. was bad two yep. nights ago. Um, three, three and one on this road trip, though. I mean, let's be real. Go back a week. Tell me that the abs go three and one on that road trip. And my response is great. Take that right. Take that in a heartbeat. Yeah. Don't care how it happens. Yeah. And now they're, you know, AJ and I were working the schedule for figuring out this month. And now they're home for like 30 days. It seems yep. like they so. have a nine game homestand that starts in two days. Yeah. So, Hopefully yeah. they get some guys back, but yeah. Do you have like the super pro like game pad? <laughs> Thumbsticks? Oh, yeah. My friend told me to buy them, and I was like, all right. <laughs> you I'm better like be playing, dangling just, some kids with those things, yeah. I'm just playing Madden with it. <laughs> now, uh, final thoughts on the game, other than these sticks, which are pretty cool. <laughs> bonk. Is, uh, yeah, bonk. Um, now, this is three-in-one road trip to send it home, and you know, nothing against Dan Renuff, but I'd be cool not watching him again in another NHL game. So I hope we get some players back here at the end of the week. Uh, yeah. Not just three and one, but three and one against the Sharks on the season now. If the 6 2 loss to them wasn't an outlier yet, it should be after tonight. Um, as Evan said, <laughs> two shutouts against these guys, too. Yeah. Two shutouts <laughs> and a 7 3 victory, I think it is. So, uh, Pretty definitive at that point. Uh, as Evan said, I mean, you never know, but Makar and Byron watch begins as the Evs head home now. Basically, technically, McKinnon watch. We yeah, don't. You never true. know. Yeah. True. I was I was legitimately looking forward to not having to go into morning skate and on Friday, and now it's like, well, <laughs> gotta go now. <laughs> guess I'm going. <laughs> Gotta get All them right. tips. <laughs> Uh, I okay. I don't know. The Avs, <laughs> the Avs are making the playoffs. I, I think it, they could play 
They're now 12-7-1. If they play at that pace for the rest of the season, they will easily make the playoffs. What um, Where are we at now on the 16 games? They're 3-1, and one, right? 3-2? and 3-2 uh, on those 12 of – yeah, 16 games with okay. 12 of which at home. They're 3-2 and two now. Yeah. Cool. 3-2. and Bedner mentioned their record at this point last year, and I feel like it was better this year, but I can't remember off the top of my head. But the, the sky is not falling, and adversity is not the worst thing in the world to start the year with. Yeah, it's really – and that's why we keep referencing other teams who have gone on to win the Stanley yeah. Cup and their struggles through the first, like, 20 games. like Specifically, this conversation came up in the DNVR Lounge tonight, which, by the way, if you're a member, or check it out. If you're not a member, subscribe to DNVR. Minute or middle, not Minnesota. Uh, Tampa Bay was 11 7 and 2 last year at the 20 game mark. They kind of are the defending champs right now. So, <laughs> kind of, <laughs> kind of, kind of, sort of through 20 games. Tonight was game 20. Mm-hmm. Tonight was game 20, correct? Last year they were 12 6 and 2. Okay, well, someone lied to me then. So no, one, the one, abs. The abs were sorry. Oh, so, the abs were twelve. Yeah. So the what? Abs. One point. Yep. The difference yeah, of one point. One point difference compared to last year for the abs. So hard to complain about that. Yeah. Well, and last year's included a five-game win streak to, to start the season, and then a five-game losing streak in the middle of, like, the middle of this. So, so. <laughs> in a weird way, a bit more consistency from the abs <laughs> this year. Uh, be sure to like and subscribe to the video, by the way. It really helps us out a lot when you do that on YouTube. Also, check out our other shows. I do a video breakdown of every goal after Wow. <laughs> Make sure to bonk that like button. Yeah, you'll you'll hear more of that. Bonk the like button. <laughs> um, I want. We need to get just like a bonk graphic <laughs> that we can just put up every time somebody does something horny on the show. All right. We just just put this meme on. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I well, we won't be able to bring it up in time. <laughs> anyway, don't worry about it tonight. <laughs> Check out our other content. AJ Evan do amazing stuff on the written side of things with DNVR. Blaze, the mystery man behind all of our graphics and not all of our graphics. Shout out nope. to Ellie and Kale, by the way. But yep. but he he does all the cool shirts and stuff. I got a spe- special package uh, for Saturday night. <laughs> bonk. Crap is, oh. Yeah. That's a big we gotta, bonk. We gotta that, was end, big that was awful. Bonk. We got to end this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We're deep into DNVR our territory at that, so this point. Please please be sure to show up for the Saturday night post game, win or lose. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> We're going to get out of here. Oh, he's always so ashamed of us. <laughs> Thank you for watching listening however you consume the podcast recommended on youtube but if you want to catch it the morning after on your commute you can always catch it as a podcast as well so until next time we will probably be off tomorrow maybe but definitely talk to you guys after the game friday